excited to be back to talk about this episode we are on episode what nine of season six. Oh my god we got like what three episodes left this is insane <gasps> episode nine season six child star i mean i feel like we should have had like a child star guest i don't know like i feel like the the energy of myron muscovitz i don't even know if we're going to be able to do it justice in this episode i'm i'm really excited to talk about it but um of course i'm not alone i am joined by matt how are you I feel like we've been doing so well so far of uh, having great guests on. I don't know that we need to resort to having children on just to fit the theme of an episode. Child labor. Yeah. um, I don't know how that would work. I think, you know, Zoom school is in session and whatnot. I mean... I don't know. Maybe maybe now is the time. Who knows? Uh, but either way, happy to be in here as well. Uh, we do, if it makes you feel better, have four episodes left, not three, uh, 10, 11, 12, and 13. So uh, just to boost us up a little bit, we're, we're not there yet. Uh, but yeah, Child Star, um, certainly an episode that I was not sure what I was going to feel going into it. You know, I remember the storyline of it, but as far as the details of it, I was a little fuzzy. So... We'll get into it all, but I feel like I was more so pleasantly surprised than not. Have you ever wanted to be a child star, like when you were younger? Were you ever, did you ever have like aspirations of becoming a celebrity at such a young age? Why don't Why don't we see? Uh, why, don't, why don't you answer that? You've been podcasting me with me for nearly 180 days at this point. What do you think the answer to that would be? Well, I mean, based off of how I know you now, I would say no, but that doesn't mean that that was like a revelation upon like getting older. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about child Matt, so who knows? But I'm going to go ahead and say no based off of the energy that I'm getting right now. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll go with no. Uh, no, I, I can't think of anything that I would have wanted to have been super uh, like famous for, known for, or anything like that. I think the most that I might have been able to give you would have been like, childhood dream of being a new york islander one day which does not count but that was probably the closest aspiration i had to uh being a well-known person i guess i certainly had aspirations i loved uh like all of the disney channel shows and shows on nickelodeon and i wanted to be on them so bad i just thought that the comedy of those shows was just so funny like i felt like i got it so much i just loved it Mm -hmm. and I remember there was this um, advert that played on the radio one time. I was like in the car with my grandma and my sister, I believe. And it was like, do you want to be on the Disney Channel? Da, 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 da. Like, do you want to do this? Then come to this uh, place um, to audition for some people. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That does. Mm-hmm. And we went over there, my sister and I. Uh, we got accompanied by our mom. She took us over there. And there was like this, it was like in this hotel and you went up to like the 10th floor or whatever. There was this big room where there was a bunch of like, I guess like producers, I don't know, type like you know executives or whatever the hell, like sitting mm-hmm. at desks and you would go up there and they would ask you to sing a song or perform a monologue or something. Sing us a song. Yeah. And so I sang, uh, my sister went first. I forget what she sang. Um, but I went, I sang and I sang. Mr. Cellophane. Should have been. <laughs> exactly. Never even knew. I, I 
I held the note out the entire time. I think that was I before Glee, though. I kissed a girl though. just to try it. <laughs> I feel like this was freshman year, so I feel like this was either before Glee or it was the beginning. It, like Glee was not like a staple at the time, but um, yeah, I, I sang the sweetest sound from Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, the Brandy version, mm-hmm. of course, and I got a callback. Uh, wow. My sister did not, however. I guess because her audition just wasn't as confident as mine or whatever. And so, like, the next weekend, they they brought us back. And we went into this meeting. It was just, like, me, my sister, and my and, uh, my mom, and the guy that called me back. And he's like, yeah, so we want to uh, bring all of you, all the people that we gave callbacks to, to this seminar, um, whatever, night it, whatever night it was. And you'll get more information on the next, pro- the ne- the next step of the process. And so we go back to the hotel maybe about two days later um, for that evening seminar and then it turns out to be like a bit of a scam. It's like you have to pay this agency like $3,000 and they'll fly you out over to LA and then then you get the opportunity to uh, audition in front of more people. So literally it was like a gigantic scam that some people probably get lucky enough to get, you know, some yeah. sort of like connection or whatever. But my mom was like very, very, very adamant about how this was not something that I should be doing. And she was asking uh, the lady that was running the seminar a bunch of like tough ass questions like, oh, yeah. So like, can you give us the statistics about how many of, the, of these kids make it through your agency and actually make it onto the show? And like the lady could not like answer any like questions that my mom had. And so she was like, I'm on. Let's go. And like we like the like we it was so embarrassing because like. I got up and, like, left, and everyone was, like, staring at us as we left and everything. I, I was, like, so embarrassed. I thought my mom was making a huge mistake because, you know, I was, like, what, 13 at the time? I thought that this was going to be my big break. But my, my mom knew better and was like, Amon, no, you never should have to pay to audition for anything. You never should have to pay that. And, of course, now I know that as, you know, an adult. But, yeah. Yeah, if if you're going to make it as a child star, I think the parents have to want it just as bad as the child does, uh, essentially. Like, it has to be, like... You know, the parents have to want to bring you to all of these auditions. And, like, I'm sure that your mom knew that you had potential to make it onto these shows. I mean, look at you now. I can I can easily see the same energy that you have uh, these days being uh, there when you were a kid. So I, I think your mom could have uh, probably seen it for you. But who knows if that's, you know, it sounds like that's not ultimately what she was uh, looking for you to get out of your young life. But uh, the ones that do, the, the parents that do have that drive, which honestly I've always felt like is more for selfish reasons, like for them rather than for their kid um i mean i don't know if that's a hot take but uh that's that's usually where where it lies i you know just at uh, my job i've had a couple of different tv and movie shoots come through and there's of course always tons of extras on set kids uh and their parents and those kids like are are the ones who like it's almost like their job like they're they're young kids and they like i don't know it's it's such a strange industry uh when you when you involve kids in it and just you know even talking about disney channel like the child stars that grow up on there and the way the way that like some of these people like miley cyrus demi lovato some of the jonas brothers or maybe all of them Mm -hmm. uh like they're like they're our age essentially maybe like a couple years older younger but like they've already lived like the longest life possible and they're you know like they've already had almost their entire careers and now it's like and now it's like all right we probably should do more because we're still so young it's crazy yeah i can't imagine like having to go through all that process of auditioning because like i can only imagine just how competitive it is i also auditioned for american idol one time and that that arena is so much different because like that like they they you know, like, how you see American Idol and, like, they go to different cities and then they show, like, yeah. this big-ass pool of people. So that's, like, the very first round where you have to, like, actually audition for a bunch of producers. And then if you get make it past that round, you get one more round. If you make it past that round, then you make it onto, like, the, the actual show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember, like, being in the group 
and there was this one girl and she was so like you could tell that she had been auditioning for years or whatever and she knew like the right kinds of questions to ask people like get in their head and she was like asking me what kind of song I was going to sing and I didn't know if I should tell her or not and then like when she went <laughs> up and auditioned because you auditioned like a group of five and then yeah, she went yeah. up and auditioned with whatever song she was singing and she went up to the producer and like caressed his cheek and everything and like it was like my first experience with like hardcore competitive action like auditioning and of course she made it through to the next round and nobody else in my group did and i remember being so like fucking jealous of her but like yeah man i was in it i was in it when i was younger i really 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 wanted it um but yeah (laughs) i feel like that (laughs) sort of bug that like acting bug or whatever while it's still there it's definitely not to the extent of like when i was younger so myron muscovitz i am not but i totally empathize with uh his positioning (laughs) Because I feel like I was there at some point, but yeah. Uh, and Jewish, you are not. So uh, you are I really not, no. <laughs> no Myron Muscovitz. I mean, I could have had a bro mitzvah. I don't know about no bar mitzvah, you know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what an episode. This really was, like I said, uh, a bit surprising to me at how much I think I enjoyed it uh, compared to what I expected it to be. Uh, a lot of time with the new kids, which is a lot of fun because we really, you know, we've been talking about how we had not had any time with them. So here in this episode, we do have some time with them. And there are only, like I said, four episodes left. And every episode from now until the finale can't be the, all right, let's have something that has to do, like, let's have a slideshow memory thing looking back on all the years like you can't do that every time uh the final episodes of the show are going to be you know what we know that they are but there's still i think exactly like this amount of time here to do one last episode where we just kind of at this point like i was i was thinking this while i was watching the break free performance i was like we're just having fun at this point we're just kind of putting something together (laughs) advancing the story but just kind of like throwing the characters that we have on set all in the same area and just saying, you know what, go for it. And that's that's what I felt like. So I was I was fine with it. It is through caution to the wind and said, let go, let God. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it as well. I think it brings uh, a dynamic to Glee that we haven't quite seen before. So, right. all right, well, let's just get into it. Uh, I feel like that was quite the uh, precursor to this, uh, to this episode. So uh, Sue is running gym class. I don't know why, because she's the principal. But nevertheless, yeah. she's busy berating the entire gym class. And she uh, says, you think this is hard? Try consuming your own twin in utero. That's hard. And I could definitely see Sue being the, the type of person to consume their own twin in utero. I could just just see it. Is that how that works? You figure that out later in life? Like, you look like the type of person that might have eaten your twin in utero. <laughs> I mean, some, it happens. Sometimes the dominant twin just eats all the food and that other twin just fades away. It's really sad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All throughout the uh, class, we see Spencer has eyes for this guy that we do we do not know his name yet, but he's like you know busy like giving him the eyes, trying to impress him with setups and like rope climbing and all sorts of stuff, like just just doing his damnedest to impress him. Roderick, however, is up next for the rope climb. Of course, Sue is going to throw a bunch of fat jokes at him as he's trying his hardest, and it doesn't help that like the whole gym class is like crowding him as he's trying to get up there. He's going to fail. Um, and Sue lets him know that he's an embarrassment to himself, his school, and his nation. Coach Beast is like trying to like, you know, come on, let's 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 take it easy on the guy. Like we don't have to do that to him. And Sue's like, no, 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 no. He has to learn and he has to give it another shot. So she forces him to try it again. Um, and of course it just does not work very well. Um that shit I've never had to do that shit in class ever. So I'll, this seems like kind of unorthodox to me, but so be it. Um, afterwards, Spencer is going to tell Roderick that he needs to get it together, especially if they're going to be in Glee Club together, because 
like they can't like we we need to be in sync we need to be a rock solid team and you were kind of like dead weight he says as he like literally hits him in the stomach uh roderick asks him okay well if you feel that way do you want to help me maybe um but spencer's just going to blow off that suggestion as if that was like such a hard concept you know help your teammate um but like roderick is like okay well then fuck you then and then walks away and goes into class but who Mm -hmm. should be in roderick's class but the guy that spencer had eyes for in gym class and so of course when uh, when Spencer sees Roderick talking to him and they seem all chummy, he changes his tune real fast, follows him into the classroom, and he's like, oh, you know, you're Alistair, right? So we finally get a name, and he, uh, Alistair's going to ask the two of them, Roderick and Spencer, if they know each other, because Spencer's being all chummy. He's like, oh, come on, buddy, like, we got to go pick up some sheet music after school. We got a lot of stuff to work on for Glee Club. And uh, Spencer's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're best buds, and, like, like, you know, I'm actually, like, his, like, personal trainer or whatever. Like, you know, look at these guns. And he does the most cringeworthy flexing of the muscles. Like, cool flex, bro. And Alistair obviously knows what's going on here. He's like, okay, I think I left something in my locker. I'll be back. Roderick lets Spencer know, like, where, like were you, was that you flirting? Because if that was you flirting, then you're, you suck at it and you're just a creeper. So I have an issue with the fact that uh, this man's name is spelled, like, Alistair uh, because... That's just how I've always read it and said it in my head, but it's like Alistair. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's Alistair. just how you spell the name. It's Alistair. Um, the actor here, I uh, I think we need to flag up who this man is. Do we? Who is he? The brother of Billie Eilish. Holy shit, it is? Yeah, man. What? I love telling you things you didn't know. Yes. His name is uh, F- uh, Phineas O'Connell. He goes by the name I Phineas. Feel like I've seen he, this, Phineas before, but like he this, doesn't look. What the? This fuck? man has uh, blown up much bigger since the Glee days. Just like a couple of these. I mean, uh, uh, Laura Dreyfus as well, of course. Uh, the the, the new shit, Glee that kids. That is they, uh, him. Found some people there. Yeah, uh, Billy Eilish's brother, and uh, he does. He's worked on a lot of, I believe, her music. And I don't want to go too deep into his career because I don't know too much about it. But uh, yeah, that's who this man is. Holy shit. Holy shit. He looks so different with his hair like that. Oh, yeah. He looks very different these days with the short haircut. And I think the and short the haircut is freckles are, like, much coming better. Out too. Like, he does not look like... He, this is a complete 180. Like, this is, like, on mm-hmm. America's Next Top Model during, like, the makeover episode. Like... Yeah, the, and the I foreign actors. <laughs> I had a note where uh, later in the episode, I took a guess as to how old he was because later in the episode, like you know, of course, the, uh, this is going to be a, a running storyline here with Spencer and this and this guy. Uh, I was like, man, like we are just getting actors that look so old. Like I feel like this guy is probably like twenty five years old. But no, he was born in 1997. He is 23 now. So I guess in the show, he was like 17 or 18. Uh, I could not believe it. I just, he has a very mature, older looking face. Yeah, he would be uh, 18. Later in the episode. That's insane. Yeah. Just, Why does he look so old? That's what I'm saying. Like, he looked a lot older. I was very surprised uh, by that. And I guess you're surprised by this. So lots of surprise happening here. Uh, to back it up a little bit, Sue is terrible. Uh, no surprise there, but we're getting some final days of Sue Sylvester being awful, calling <laughs> calling them sloppy babies. She calls Roderick uh, Wiggletush as he's climbing up the, the rope ladder, uh, the, or the rope, whatever. Uh, I definitely did have to have uh, the rope climb in, I think it was like elementary school. It did not happen in high 
high school did not happen in middle school but in elementary school we had the rope and uh it had knots on it so you could like climb it a little easier i knew that i <laughs> back then i couldn't if you gave it to me today 100 percent i'll be the be at the top uh for some reason like my upper body strength is like the only strength that i can count on uh these days in my life but uh what else this is uh yeah so spencer finding himself some uh some love here in mr uh Billy Eilish brother. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> whatever I'm else so floored by him. this. This is insane to me. But yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, Phineas. Okay, Phineas. Mm-hmm. I'm fired. Oh, no. <laughs> There's 104 days of summer vacation. And school comes around just to end it. But the number one problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. That is one of the Mom, best. Mom! <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. Right. I'm singing a title sequence. That is one of the best freaking theme songs ever so good anyway um yeah all right okay <laughs> all right i also like the nickname hot rod i i was actually like when the scene started i was about to start typing hot rod because i don't actually know i know i don't know why i can't finish that sentence i was about to just start calling him hot rod in my notes and then all of a sudden a couple of lines later spencer calls him hot rod and i was like i must just maybe just have some memory from i don't know but uh i think i might just call him hot rod from now on <laughs> All right. Uh, Superintendent Harris is back at the school for like I guess a, a checkup to see how things are going with Sue um, as principal, and she's letting him know that you know everything is pretty good. Um, uh, the test scores have skyrocketed, but they've also become the most tech savvy school in America uh, due to the personal relationship. Uh, with the Koch brothers, <laughs> who generously uh, donated a special ops drone, which should be flying by right now. And of course, the drone that we saw in the Hurt Locker is still patrolling the school, having all the kids terrified. Um, but this is all in a bid that uh, Sue is going to make. She's like, I have humbly submitted myself to the United States Principal of the Year Award. It's the type of award that would make a resume sparkle. The icing on the cake after all of my years here at McKinley High. Uh, and Superintendent's like, oh, where? So are you trying to leave? She's like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, don't believe everything that Becky Jackson tweets. But I do need <laughs> a uh, letter of recommendation from you. And the superintendent, I mean, he's happy to oblige her, even with, like, all of the, you know, very, very heavy-handed adjectives that she uses in the, in the letter that we get to see. But he does have to ask her a favor in return. We head over to the auditorium, and Sue is introducing this little boy to the Glee Club. His name is Myron Muscovitz, and he is pres- or President Superintendent Harris's nephew. He is going to be celebrating the most important day in a Jewish boy's life, his bar mitzvah, which, of course, Rachel was like, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but here's the catch. He is a performer, baby, and he is putting on a show, and he wants... The new directions uh, opinion on the number, and so they're there to you know give him any pointers that they can. Um, and Sue so is like, I just want to express one more time that this is the superintendent's nephew. Anyway, she leaves, she goes to stage, and then Myron's like, okay, this is just a rehearsal, so just be kind. Lights. <laughs> I just want to point out one of the lines that was in Sue's uh, letter. We don't have to talk about all of them, but uh, like the closing line of that letter she gave to him was, uh, Sue is a personal friend of Michael Bolton. So uh, yeah, like you said, (laughs) very heavy handed language used in that uh, recommendation letter. So yeah, Mr. Myron Myron Muscovitz, 
tongue twister of the year mm-hmm. uh, is here. It's like this is a character that I have such a memory of, but the fact that he's only in a maximum of four episodes, he's in this one, he can definitely be in the next two, and then potentially potentially the last one if he's out there for that final number. But uh, for some reason, I thought he was way more in season uh, in this last season here, but it's fine. Myron is uh, here on, <laughs> on, on the set for uh, finally, and uh, yeah, it's time for his bar mitzvah. Uh, you... I, noticeably did not ask me about my bar mitzvah but it's fine uh but yes i had one and it was nowhere near <gasps> oh as elaborate how as was this. your bar mitzvah matt oh it was nowhere near as elaborate as this all i wanted in life was like a sweet 16 all i got was a bar mitzvah no candles nothing like that um it was very lame i had gone to hebrew school for you know the entire a couple years of my life um, because my grandparents wanted me to my brother who I don't know if he can hear me right now because he's actually up here uh, with uh, <laughs> the next room over right now but uh, he got lucky and did not, not have to go to Hebrew school but it's fine um, so I had my bar mitzvah you know when I was 13 of course the only things that I remember from it are the great amounts of money that you get and the bowling that we went afterwards, because my uncle was the manager of a bowling alley, so we went there, and I just, you know, spent the entire time showing off how cool it was that I got to go to the back area to uh, play whatever music I wanted to, because, of course, I had access to it. So, oh, man, I was the coolest kid in town for a variety of reasons for that one night only, but I would have been ten times cooler if I had a show going like Mr. Myron Muscovitz did. Uh, But, no, it's fine. Um, I'll take what I had, and uh, Myron's going to hit us, yeah, with this performance of Lose My Breath, which, honestly, this boy kills. I know. I've been to both a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah in middle school. It was lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We did, like, the whole Hava Nagila Hava type deal stuff, and it was was a lot of fun to sort of, like, be immersed in that culture, because I really didn't know much about Jewish um, or Judaism until, until, you know, I had a few Jewish friends, so it it was really cool. I'm glad to have been a part of such a formative experience for two people. Baby boy, you can lose my breath. Ooh. Can you keep up? Are you, are you, are you not a fan? Look, you, you ha- I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. Uh, and how many Beyonce numbers, how many Destiny Chi- Destiny's Child numbers are we going to have on the show? Uh, so to have one done by this small little man who comes in here with a bunch of backup dancers, please let us know how you felt about it. <sighs> I, well, I lose my breath. Like, when they <laughs> tore that stuff off his, uh, they tore away his uh, his top layer, the the jaw drop from Sue just makes me, like, cackle. And he's got, like, these voluptuous-ass dancers up there, like, just, and he's smacking his little ass. And, like, I'm like, what? Where did he come from? <laughs> like, it's one thing to, like, be, I mean, I've been around some, some, some very uh, talented children. I've been around them before. But this is just like, I felt like I was watching an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, this is the Rusical episode of Drag Race. And like, he clearly is in the top. <laughs> like, he's not going home tonight. Like, uh, we haven't pointed out just yet, but I'll, I'll use this opportunity to. Uh, Kurt and Blaine, not in this episode. They got an episode off. But if you were to tell me that this was time traveling Kurt Hummel, I would believe you. Like, if we went back in time. No, and- no. Kurt Hummel ain't got shit on my wrist. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. You know what? I won't disagree, but the the energy is there. I just love the varying reactions from everybody. Like, of course, Mr. Shu and Rachel and Sue were just like gobsmacked, but Kitty is like, yes. And so is Spencer. He's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. 
this boy and this performance, and they are ready for their own sectionals uh, victory. Like, they don't need the new directions. They could just hop right on into the competition. Uh, I'm sure that the uh, superintendent can find a way. He is ready to go. Uh, that was that was something. Uh, <laughs> like, it it's not going to make it to, to my favorite song of the episode when we get there. I'll tell you that. But a very, very good bid for it, I would say. I do think that it's important to uh, point out that the uh, person that portrays uh, Myron is a trans woman. Uh, she goes by Josie Tota now. Um, so when we are referring to the actor, I think it's important that we remember that this is a woman, but as far as Myron is concerned, that is a boy. So I just wanted to make sure that people knew that we were trying to be as respectful as possible. You're teaching me something. I just taught you something. I had no idea, but yeah, uh, I th- she, she used to go by JJ and now she goes by Josie. Yeah, she's nineteen. She's on Disney Channel. I like. I looked into the uh, after career of all of these other people. Um, yeah, I had no idea Josie had all this success. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at us teaching each other so much stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Myron kills it. It's amazing, and uh, he wants to hear as much when he's done performing. And he asks them like, "Okay, so do you have any tips? Do you have any pointers?" Um, and uh, Rachel's like, "I just want to let you know that like you are." super talented and Myron thanks her because he is a huge fan but he wants notes and Kitty's like okay well maybe your dancers could have smiled a bit more and she's like I told you guys that I told you guys that get off the stage bitches and like not very happy with his backup dancers huh yeah uh <laughs> kicks them right off the stage uh I love I love the dynamic uh I, you know this isn't the first time that we that I've uh seen a child star being a diva on a TV show, but I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a good storyline. It works. It makes me laugh. Now, bitches. My, my is going to ask to speak with the adults alone. And he basically says, okay, this stage is great. This is perfect. This is the perfect place that I want to put my show on for my uh, bar mitzvah. And so he asks, not only can he use the stage, but he wants the new directions to uh, be his opening act. Um, and Rachel is going to try to politely decline, being that they need the time to get ready for sectionals, but Sue, of course, who wants to impress Superintendent Harris, agrees to everything in its entirety. So they can use, he can use the stage, he can also have them as his, uh, opening act. Uh, and, yeah, here we are. (laughs) Yes. Um... Yeah, like I said, this episode is is quite the uh, okay. Let's let's just throw things at the wall, and again, I, I don't mind. It just uh, let's uh, like throw in such a wild card here of Myron of like you know this isn't just like another person, another adult. Uh, I just like the, the the angle of throwing a child in here and having such high stakes for this for a variety of different characters. Like this is a good thing for the new directions because uh, obviously Myron has taken a liking to them and having Superintendent Harris happy with the new directions is a good thing. Of course, Sue has her own personal motivations for having this all go well. So yeah, uh, very funny the way that Sue is going to throughout this episode become the uh, the the sidekick, the servant. I don't know what, what the best way to put it is uh, to Myron. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, I love how he uh, offers them twenty grand, but I mean, Mister Shuey shuts that down completely immediately. He's like, "Oh no, 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 no not don't, I'm not falling no, into that trap." We've been down that road before. No, 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 mattresses, yeah. no money, no, not happening. No, uh, no, 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 no. We uh, we actually do know other rules from the show choir, despite the only one that we remind you of being the uh, twelve members rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Later on in the day, Mason is going to try to spit some game at Jane. He essentially asks her out to breadsticks. 
You jealous? You know, a little bit, a little bit, especially since he's down with the swirl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she or he's going to be intercepted by her brother or by his brother by oh my god by his sister who says oh no 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 mason no you can't be going to breadsticks like i told you we're on the strict new diet no carb she does that nasty thing when you lick your fingers and then like swirl the hair with it ew 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 ew, ew. um <laughs> just disgusting so like no no breadsticks no dates with jane none of that uh mason is obviously bothered by this and he's going to try and recruit the guys um, he calls them all to the locker room because that's where all the boys meet in the school is in the locker room. Yep. Um, he asked them for some advice on how to deal with his sister. Uh, Spencer is confused because he's like, wait, aren't you two dating? Uh, Mason's like, ha <laughs> And Spencer's like, wait, no, aren't you guys actually dating? <laughs> but Mason explains that their parents weren't around a lot, so Madison sort of became a second mom, so she feels like she has to take care of him. And it's, it's nice and everything. It's great, but he needs some space. The guys are going to decline. Roger's like, look, you just got finished telling us how crazy your sister is so why would any of us like try to date her and take her off your hands like it's it's gonna be a no from me and spencer isn't even really concerned with mason's dilemma because he's more concerned with getting uh, a date with alistair and he's gonna tell roger like look we need to uh meet up later on i'm gonna help you uh get into shape and then you're gonna help me get a date with alistair and mason's like wait a second how did this become about you guys so <laughs> that's where we're at with these boys yeah, like I said, I'm I'm happy to see uh, some of the dynamic between these new kids. Like, if, if nothing, it's only for truly like one episode. Not really. I mean, there's there's a little bit more coming up, but just like this is honestly the the first episode that we're really getting to see more into the dynamic of these people. Like, it's it's season one, but it's like a very quicker, more accelerated version of how these kids are interacting, the dynamics between them. Uh, we're getting a lot deeper into the Mason and Madison uh, brother-sister relationship, and who knows what else that's going on there. It's, uh, you know, uh, very funny the way that it gets brought up. They're like, no, seriously, like, aren't you dating your sister? He's like, shut up. Like, no, seriously, like, that's what everybody thinks. Um, but these characters are all so good, and, like, I don't think I dislike... I mean, Spencer is supposed to be hated, but I, I get that. But, like, in terms of the way that the season four kids came by and you were like, Ryder, eh, what am I getting here? You were like, Marley, eh, boring. These kids all have something going on that is worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, dynamic, and I'm glad that we got... I mean, it's nine episodes in, and we're finally getting some real content. Um, but, um, you know, better late than never. Exactly. So. I agree. They all have, like, their own little shtick. They're all so unique. Like, I feel like nobody really blends in. They all have something going on with them. So I enjoyed that. And, and, and I guess I guess it's not necessarily their, the first bit of content that we're getting with them. It's more like the first content seeing them interact because we've seen yeah. all of their individual stories. Um, but this is the first time that we're really seeing them actually, you know, come together as a team and, you know, have friendships or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Those important, those important moments uh, from season one yeah. were, you know, of uh, Rachel and Quinn interacting for the first time and all of the kids forming as a team and just getting to see where the friendships and dynamics uh, lie between them as the episodes went on, even even just as early as like uh, episode like four or five or six of season one. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's important to see that kind of stuff before you get to a competition just to see like, oh, look, they can sing and dance together. Cool. So those kids are getting to know each other, but somebody that hasn't really been taking the time to get to know them is Rachel. Uh, she is going to suggest Broadway for the opening perform performance uh, at the Bar Mitzvah. Um, and Mrs. Shu, 
he's like, I don't know if that's the vibe with this group. Like, what sort of music do they like? Do you do, do you know? And Rachel really can't answer because she doesn't talk to them. Uh, Mr. She was able to, like, figure that out because she's going to describe them as, like, energetic and nice and everything, but they're quiet. And he's like, is that because you're always the one that's doing all the talking? And he's like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, you probably hate, they probably think I'm the worst. He's like, no, Rachel. Not at all. I just, you know, this. I think this bar mitzvah is exactly the challenge that they need right now. Performing in front of a big audience will force them to band together. But if you don't know them very well, maybe it's time to push them to make some choices themselves. Um, so they're going to start off the next lesson in Glee Club and let them know that they have indeed been drafted to perform at the bar mitzvah. Um, but the kids aren't really excited about it. Uh, Spencer's like, wait, so we have to sit here and sing for a 13-year-old? Like, why? This is not what we signed up for. And Kitty is like, are we even going to be able to sing? Or are you about to announce another alumni to walk through the door? Um, so uh, Mr. Uh, Rachel's like, look, this is, this, is, this is great for us. This is a time for us to build ourselves up as a team. This is the type of uh, bonding and an exercise that we really need if we want to perform well at sectionals and Mr. Shu encourages them all to rise to the occasion. So Rachel suggests, how about some of you pair up or triple up or whatever, come up with some ideas for some numbers that we can perform at the bar mitzvah. Mason, of course, is gonna wanna sing with Jane, but before he can even get one word in edgewise, Madison is all up in his face talking about how much time we're gonna need to spend together coming up with something. Mason's not paying attention. She's like, hello, come on, let's do this. Sit down, let's go. Oh, she's such a cock block. Yeah, she's funny. She's so funny. <laughs> she, I just uh, watching her as she's yeah, like snapping her fingers in Mason's face, and Mason is like very clearly trying to capture Jane's attention. And Jane like is the whole time like I wish that she had more of a role in how the story plays out, aside from like just being the girl that was trying to be you know gotten here from Mason. Like I wish we got to follow her a little bit more. Like I don't even know who she would check in with. Like Roderick maybe. Like there's no like person in this club that is like Jane's best friend or sidekick or anything like that so I just want to see this from her perspective and see like do you actually like him or like are you just kind of like being nice because of the attention that he's giving you I don't know I, I want to know more about Jane like we're going to get to later on oh, they like each other you don't, you don't sing head over uh, head over feet will you love me tomorrow like that if you ain't feeling that do it partner mm. Mm. I guess I love that song I sent a video of myself singing this song to Matt earlier, and I didn't get really a response, so that's fine. But, um, yeah. You probably sounded great. <laughs> you didn't even watch it? Oh, wow. That's so fucked. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. All right. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, it's going to be a rough time for Mason because Madison is all up in his grill. All up in his grill. Uh, all right. And sorry, how many times do uh, does does Rachel have to be called out for not knowing these kids? We're up to like three times in nine episodes, I think, that uh, that she's been called out for like not caring about these kids. No, and that goes along with the entire season four crew uh, of how she didn't know any of their names or anything about them either. So nothing is changing here, just to point that out. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. And after all that, like, lip service that she gave to Kitty about, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here every step of the way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere, yada, yada, yada. And you still don't have that strong of a relationship. I mean, you invited these kids over to your goddamn house for for goodness sake. Like, <laughs> Yeah, just literally take think. one day, talk to them, and, and just ask them, like, 
basic questions. Find out what songs they want to sing for one day, one lesson, and you'll get to know them just a little bit better based off of that alone. Like she put in the work with Kitty and ever th since then she was like, that was exhausting trying to pretend to care about somebody other than myself for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> we're coming off the heels of the wedding now. Like she has just used up all of her uh, caring about other people for like the year. Mm-hmm. Over in the teacher's lounge, uh, Sheldon is eating another dead chicken carcass as always talking about how he loves to keep a little bit of uh, keep a little bit of it on his uh on his mustache and his lips because then he can keep tasting the chicken throughout the day this is disgusting anyway sue is losing sleep over becoming the personal slave of one myron muscovitz we're seeing her pour some coffee not into the mug but directly onto the floor floor and then she can't even put the mug down on the table because she's out of her mind. She's telling uh, Sam, Mr. Shu, and Coach Beast about all of the shit that uh, Myron has been putting her through. He said, we start the day with a series of vitamin B drips and the eight-hour pitch session begins. So we're going to see her pitching, you know, a space theme, a circus theme for the bar mitzvah. And he's like, no, these ideas are terrible. They're tired. They're trash. They're not new. They're not fresh. The theme should be me. I am the theme. And I want to make my big reveal by coming down out of the rafter in a giant Fabergé pod. Now, Janet, can you get me my espresso? <laughs> so Janet's getting hooked <laughs> up in this shit as well. He, uh, she also is being forced to read the Torah to him. She's like she's singing in Hebrew as he's sleeping so that he can absorb the Torah by osmosis without having to do the actual work himself. She thinks he's asleep. She tries to leave. He screams, I told you to read the Torah! So he's just a <laughs> nightmare. Uh, Mr. Shu's going to let her know, like, look, he's a nightmare. He needs, to be, he needs to be stopped. And Sue agrees. He's like, yeah, and it will stop as soon as all of you agree to be his backup dancers. Um, and Sam was like, wait, 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 sorry. what? Tell me Myron doesn't seem like one of those kids like that would pop up out of the bed in Monsters, Inc. Like, can't you just picture like Sully knocking on the door and Myron pops up out of the bed getting ter uh, terrified? I just, <laughs> that popped up in my head and I had to get it out. Oh yeah, he would definitely like, yeah, that scream, that scream jar would go through the roof. <laughs> it would be filled within seconds. <laughs> it filled to the brim. Like you might need to like, yeah. <laughs> You'll break the scare record with him, that's for sure. Sam is going to protest. Coach Beast, of course, is going to protest because he's not a dancer. None of them want to do this. But Sue explains, like, look, we have to. He doesn't have a choice. He blew all of his money on flying all those other girls out and then flying them back. Like, we need to do this. And it's the only way that it's going. He's like, we're going to get him off my back. Um, and also, she doesn't want to be, the, she doesn't want to be uh, the worst one because she knows that some of them are worse dancers than her. So whatever makes her look good for Superintendent Harris, so be it. Yeah, so, yeah. Sam, Sam's the only one who's like all in. He's like, "Yeah, this sounds fun. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> Why are you guys freaking out? We uh, White we chocolate. perform all the time around here. White chocolate, White chocolate. yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, Rachel's down. Uh, I don't know how Sam ended up getting involved in the episode. I mean, uh, you know, Kurt, Rachel, uh, Kurt, and Blaine getting the episode off. It seems like this is way more about the new kids and about uh, you know Will and Sue and uh, Coach Beast and Rachel. Like I don't know, just. Strange that Sam made his way onto the set for the day, but it's fine. Uh, not against it. And uh, yeah, that's I mean, the still plan. It's there. time to. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, but so does Kurt. So I don't really know what the difference is. Because Kurt's on his honeymoon. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's why he's gone. <laughs> they left. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense when you put it that way. <laughs> so Mason is going to come up to Jane in the hallway and... 
He was like, hey, you know what I was thinking? You know, we should totally sing a duet at this bar mitzvah. Um, but Jane's like, well, I'm already with Roderick, so no. And he's like, well, does Roderick, you know, give you pizza? Um, so she's he's pretty much bribing her with a pizza date. And Jane is like, you know, okay, like, all right. You're also, like, the most badass cheerleader in the school that I know of. And Mason's like, well, you know what they say about cheerleaders. And Jane's like, what? He's like, uh, good things, mostly. <laughs> so a little flirtation going on here. The, the chemistry is flowing. Jane says, look, if you can if you can tell everybody else that we're going to switch, then I'm fine with it. Um, and they both say, cool. So I don't know if I feel the chemistry flowing. It feels pretty one-sided to me. I don't think that Jane's closed off to the idea, but I do not see her being as into him as he clearly is into her. I think she's her. into it. I do. I think she's a I bit reserved. I I, like I, I said, I don't it. think she's not into it, but... I just don't think that she's totally into it. That's just the way that I read it. I mean, she. I mean, we, we're going to see why she really can't be, you know, because <laughs> flowers in the attic over here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I, I feel like just the overall picture of it with, you know, it's even if you're able to get Madison to be okay with them singing a duet together, it's just like, yeah, is this worth it to have to deal with this boy's sister for the rest of the time? I don't know about that. Yeah, it's it's a lot. My sister does not behave this way for me at all. So <laughs> we're going to go over to the gym. And Spencer is just not being a good coach at all. Like Roderick is trying his hardest to get up the rope. But it's just it's just not working out. Roderick says, look, this tough love that you're doing right now, it's not really helping. And Spencer says he needs to be less sensitive. Roderick's like, I'm not sensitive about this. I'm used to this kind of stuff. Like I've been teased and taunted about this my entire life. And Spencer's like, okay, well then you just need to you just need to suck it up then. You just need to be more like the guys on the football team. And Rob's like, I'm not on the football team. And Spencer says, Oh, well, that's because you're fat and you're lazy. Uh Mr. Shu is gonna be in the doorway of the gym watching all of this goes down. Roderick is like, Okay, well then I you know, you're just such a dick. No wonder no one wants to no wonder you can't get a date. You're just an asshole. He walks out, Mr. Shu does his usual, you know, half hearted ass checkup on bullied students. Like, Oh, are you are you okay? And Roderick keeps uh keeps walking. So, shitty. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Will's doing there. <laughs> like, what are you? Go, yeah, what is he doing? Go there? somewhere else. I don't know. What the Just fuck l- is like he doing? lingering around school. You're not even working here right now. You're not even getting paid to be here. Uh, he's just always looking to save the day with somebody. But. Whatever. Uh, Spencer and Roderick, let's... I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I have any strong feelings about this pairing. Uh, obviously, Spencer kind of sucks uh, throughout all of this as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's offering to help. And then he all, all of a sudden he turns around and he's being a total jerk to uh, to Roderick. And, uh, you know, we, we get what he's looking to get out of this, but he's doing a terrible job at it. So it's just kind of like, you know, I think in terms of the new kids storylines, I'm way more here for the uh, Madison Mason Jane side of things and the Spencer Roderick trying to climb a rope thing. But it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, over at lunch, uh, Mason's going to come up to Roderick. I mean, as if Roderick isn't having a bad day enough. He lets him know, okay, so, hey, change your plans. You're going to sing with my sister, and I'm going to sing a duet with Jane. And before he can even really say no, Mason leaves him. <laughs> Roger's like, I don't want to do that. Hello? I don't want to do that. Then Mason goes over to Madison and says, okay, change your plans. You're going to sing with Roderick, and I'm going to sing with Jane. And Madison's like, why? You already sang with her during uh, Jagged Little Tapestry Week. <laughs> like, yes, they did, honey. Yes, they did. Um, and uh, Mason's like, well, you know, I, I just thought we could 
do it again. And I kind of want to go out on a date with her as, too, as well. And Madison's like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. Like, she, like, first of all, she's a total stage hog. And she has, like, she does, it has, like, big-ass hair that she likes to upstage everybody with. Like, no, it's not going to happen. And Mason's like, no. Like, are you insane? Like, I want to sing with her. And Madison's like, no, I won't allow it. And he's like, this is not really your decision to make. For once in your life, quit being so darn controlling. Something snaps in Madison here. Fine. See what I care. I certainly don't want to be controlling. And while you're at it, why don't you just never listen to me again? Like that time I told you not to eat an entire bag of sugar-free gummy bears and you had diarrhea and everyone thought it was a mudslide. <laughs> out she goes. Madison, come on. Jane comes up and says, look, I think it'd be easier if I just sing with Roderick. <laughs> oh, and, oh, throughout all of this, there's this guy that's behind them in the lunch line that is getting increasingly frustrated um, because... Mason cuts yeah, in front. And they keep cutting him. And then Jane cuts in front. He's like, God, can you guys stop cutting? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, a, 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 you're watching it, right? Was it a football player? I mean, I think it. I don't think so. He I didn't have a, a Letterman's jacket on. I think it was just a regular ass did it. Okay. If it was a football player, it would have been, uh, you know, filled with more slushies or something to get them out of the way. Have these kids been slushied yet? I don't think no. so. Only uh, Rachel got slushied. These kids got to get some slushy in them. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I don't remember, but, uh. Definitely keeping an eye on that towards the end of this season. Um, Madison McCarthy is so damn iconic. Is is she not? Is she not? Uh, this, is, this is just too funny. Uh, the way that she... I, like, I get it. Uh, we're learning more about the dynamic between them uh, throughout this episode. About how, you know, he he means a lot to her because of the way that things happened as they uh, grew up and blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's just out here trying to go get something going with Jane and she is completely putting the, the stop down to it every single opportunity that she gets. Um, they, you know, I, and I'm, I'm of course in support of uh, Mason here going to get Jane. Uh, they sang a beautiful duet last time, of course, and they are, uh, you know, anytime that they sing together mm-hmm. in the future, I'm so, sure will be just as great. Um, but mm-hmm. I can't help but also be rooting for Madison to like just be getting in the way because it's so funny. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just love the twins. They, they're as great as I, uh, kind of remember. I, I don't know if I fully remembered them being uh, so much fun, but I think over time I've developed more love for them. It was a total like uh, Karen Smith moment. Like, dear Mason, I'm sorry I laughed at you that time that you got diarrhea after eating all those sugar-free gummy bears, and I'm sorry for telling everyone about it, and I'm sorry for saying it now. <laughs> like. Almost like down to the exact way that like they move their mouths while talking about this. I know she like has Madison. a very like she doesn't move her mouth a lot when she speaks. It's pitch perfect desk of that girl in pitch perfect, uh, just yeah. very, talking very quietly. It's a very and, interesting character choice that she made for Madison because Laura Dreyfus does not sound like that at all. Um, it worked. So interesting, interesting character work. Good for her. All right, next up, Spencer. He looks, he's going to see Alistair in the hallway. He's going to try and walk up to him, loses the courage. It's going to lead into this performance of Friday, I'm in love, while he's pining after Alistair and getting increasingly, uh, 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 as Roderick is getting increasingly annoyed with him. It's actually going to be the song that he ends up singing to the Glee Club as a suggestion for the Bar Mitzvah performance after he's done. Rachel and Mr. Shu, they like the performance, but they don't think it's quite right for the bar mitzvah. And Mr. Shu says, yeah, how about you actually pair up like we told you to, like get Jane in there or maybe even Roderick. And Spencer says, you know, mm, 
I'm not really interested in working with a quitter. And Roderick is going to call him a dick <laughs> once again. Yeah. Um, do you like this cover? I don't. I don't know how I uh, totally uh, felt about it. Not. Mm. Mm, yeah. Whatever. Like I'm happy. I think uh, Marshall Williams is a, a decent singer. I think he sounds relatively good on most of the songs that he ends up getting. But just uh, I don't know. It wasn't like the best. It was just average. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They just needed him, him to have a solo, and that was the song that At they one chose. So yeah, and yeah. I mean, the whole time that this is happening, you know, he's doing sit-ups in the gym. I think his, his shirt comes off at one point, right? Is that in the song? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're, you know, Ryan Ryan Murphy doing his usual milking of the new eye candy on set. So yeah, Alistair right. is nonplussed. He does not give a damn. Seemingly. Yeah, I mean, he literally gets his books picked up, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna bounce now. I have no interest in you." <laughs> right. He's just Which is funny because, like, I don't know, like, uh, just the fact that, like, I'm well, okay, I'm I'm acting as if we know every single student in the school, but like, you know, there's usually a limited number of kids that are out in school, so like, I think you know, it's it's natural that they would be drawn to each other, not from a romantic sense, but just like, you know, maybe from like a hey, let's talk, be friends. Like, they're probably both into uh, the same. Like, I'm assuming that he's. Do we? Maybe I'm making an assumption. Forget I said that. I was. Is do we know anything about Alistair? No, we know nothing about him. So it's like really hard to sort of like track this relationship and to even give a damn about it because we literally meet him for the first time in this episode. Um, and we don't, there really isn't any explanation as to why he even likes him other than maybe physical attraction. So, you know, once again, maybe he... chalk it up to this episode or this season being 13 episodes. So they just have to expedite everything. But it does make it rather jarring watching this. Maybe they'll bond over setups or something one day. I don't know. That's, you know, or the Glee Club, but also over setups. Spencer really likes setups. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, it is the night of the bar mitzvah. I guess Rachel got her way and went ahead and went with the uh, Broadway theme because the theme is like Myron the musical. So, um, yeah, I guess Broadway is the, is, the, is, the, is the word. Myron comes out on stage. He says hello. Thank you guys for being here. Now we've got a great set of performers. I promise you the headliner is really going to knock your socks off. There's also going to be a lot of speeches from my relatives, so be prepared. But we've got an amazing group who's going to kick off or kick the night off right. The stars of McKinley High, Rachel Berry, and The New Directions. And now let's hear it for Mason McCarthy. Whew. All right. So. <laughs> I feel like I need to take over from here. Do I need to take over? Do you need a minute? You can take over. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, Mason is going to go into this performance, yeah, of uh, I Want to Break Free. And my note here was coming off of the back-to-back weddings in the last episode. I forgot that we have a third wedding uh, between Aman and Mason uh, here because <laughs> I don't see any other uh, way around this. I hate myself. <laughs> It's crazy how different he looks these days, Billy Lewis Jr., and how like much he didn't make it. Because I'm so I'm so surprised that he didn't make it as well as a lot of these other kids did. He's got the voice and the look. Like what what I is there to not find to like him about this wherever guy? he is on Long Island? Find him and smack him in the face and tell him to snap out. Maybe he doesn't want it. You know, we're oh, I see somebody walking that... across the street. Maybe that's him. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. Billy? I would catch. I would catch the train right now. Yeah, no, I mean, what else can I say about it? I mean, he just sounds great. Uh, it's the perfect song for his voice. Um, obviously, he is singing this about his feelings with his sister and needing, like, some damn space. Like, I just want to be free. I want to break free. God knows! 
And of course, all the girls are going to come up and, and uh, you know, be all into him and everything. It's a really good performance. He sounds great. I feel like out of the new guys, he's the best vocalist. I mean, Roderick is pretty talented, but I just feel like I'm just much more enamored with this guy's voice. And if you look close enough into that crowd of screaming girls, you'll see him on somewhere down there. All right, last <sighs> time. I'll, I'll joke about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally uh, crashed this bar mitzvah, yeah. He's a rock star, this boy. Uh, he's he's really got the the skill uh, vocally. He's got the charisma, uh, and yeah, you see Jane on the side who like catches his coat at one point and kind of like starts blushing, and then uh, she tells him how great it was, of course, at the end. Which yeah, it was. It was uh, a really really good number, like you said. It suits his voice very well. This is the kind of number that's like. This is like a Darren Chris type of number. Uh, maybe not the exact song that they would have given him, but just like the, the the ability for like, I don't know. I just feel like it's not very common that you're going to get a male solo. Uh, you know, Kurt gets his, like Artie gets his. I just feel like the like the honor here of getting like an actual good solo for Mason is uh, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it because Roderick obviously got one when he auditioned. Spencer just got one in this episode, but this one's obviously like 10 times better than those. So I just like, I feel like they gave him con- like the, the space here to work of like the whole stage. Like he was like the lead performer at the bar mitzvah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they, they saw the potential that this guy had and probably thought that he was going to make it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like all, all the guys, all the new guys got their um solos in this episode. I don't think, do we get a kitty solo at all? She gets she gets a little bit later in the uh, in Cool Kids, but not a, not an exact solo. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more of a group number. I can't remember. Maybe maybe it'll be in the next couple could episodes. Be like cool kids, <sighs> like the Cool Kids. Uh, anyway, after the performance, uh, Mason is getting changed into his next outfit um, for the next number, and Madison's gonna walk in. Um, he's like, I already know what you're gonna say. Madison's like, No, you don't, and. She pretty much apologizes. She's like, look, I know that I can be a little crazy. And Madison's, you're not, Madison says you're not, or Mason says you're not crazy. Madison gives him a look like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I mean, you're a little nutty. Um, But Mason wants her to know that he's always going to need his twin sister, but he just needs a little space um, so that he, like, that she's not the only one in his life. Um, And Madison admits that it did make her a little jealous when he, when she found out that he did have feelings for Jane because um, not being the only woman in his life was sort of like, it made her feel some kind of way. But mostly she was relieved because now she doesn't have to look after him as much. It's not that she always wanted to. It felt, she felt like she had to since her parents weren't around a lot. So he, she's, trying, she's trying to give him his space. She hears him. So they hug and everything. But she's like, okay, I just have to say it. She's such a stage hug. <laughs> she, she really, really is. So... Mm-hmm. She's still not 100% in on Jane, but she's, you know, willing to back off if he's really, you know, happy with her or wants to be happy with her. I'm 100% in on them. Uh, Their relationship is uh, just, you know, it's it's a joke, of course. Uh, Aren't you guys dating? Like, it's it's funny. Um, But like the fact that in such a short time that they uh, can grow like such like fans because i feel like i'm not the only one i know <laughs> matt gagan came on here as well uh back in episode two talking about how much he loved them like i'm pretty sure that a lot of glee fans have love for these characters and you know maybe correct me if i'm wrong if you're out there and you're like no i couldn't give two shits about them that's totally possible but no i, th- I definitely think that uh, in a very short time these two grew uh, a bit of, a bit of a fan base and that's of course the sole reason for laura Dreyfus's future success because of this 
uh, star shining role here on Glee. It uh, has nothing else to do with any kind of other talent she might have. It's only because <laughs> of how big the Madison McCarthy fans uh, were. Tragedy has struck the bar mitzvah because in order to remain in peak condition before his performance, Myron went into his pod early. And now he is stuck because the lo- the uh, levers and pulleys or whatever the hell, the fly system is jammed and he can't get free. He cannot break free. So it's like, <laughs> we need somebody to help. Like somebody, like somebody get up there. Somebody help him. Spencer, how about you use your, your, your shapely thighs to waddle up, up, up that rope or whatever. Kitty's like, can't we just like get a ladder? Like, I'm sure there's one in here somewhere. The Spencer is going to turn dramatically to, to Rod, who's like, no, this, like, you are the guy for this. You can do this. I know that I was being the a dick before. I was being the wrong kind of dick, but now I'm being the right kind of dick. And I want you to get up there and prove to yourself that you can do this. So Roderick, after failing miserably in the gym, is able to miraculously, with pr- almost no you know practice at all, make his way up the rope to relieve the uh, the jam, and they can pull Mason. Or excuse me, uh, so many M's in this episode. Myron back down, and Myron has shit himself out of all the fear. So he's panicking because he's supposed to be going off for his performance, but obviously he can't do that with a pants with pants full of shit. So they go ahead and help him clean up while the rest of the Glee Club members are going to go ahead and stall while he's getting ready. You see what I'm talking about? Like this whole this whole episode is just uh, <laughs> just crazy. the writers went wild with this script. And uh, let's re- remember, of course, Michael Hitchcock is ep- uh, directing this uh, <laughs> Dalton Rumba behind the scenes out here directing this episode. So um, I don't know if the, if you want to take a look at this episode and look back at some of the other ones that he helped write uh, to try to find the, the through line between them. Then uh, look at some stuff like this. Uh, Mason out here pooping himself up on uh, up in the risers. How dangerous was that like incredibly dangerous for Roderick to be climbing that pulley thing like it was like it was the gym class rope like that that is not 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 safe uh no that was really bad the fact like, that Sue and you, Mr. Sue you've been so okay with on that. the stage around those like pulleys and, and and ropes and whatnot like you like those it's not like those are like you know the most dangerous place on earth but like you gotta like lock those things in you gotta pull them down like there are heavy weights attached to them just no 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 (laughs) and the fact that sue was like out here like encouraging him uh to get up there like come on postmodern gay get up there like no yeah it's uh (laughs) that was really bad (laughs) i really feel like yeah this episode you're right it's so just kind of like off the rails i feel like it's such a uh, it's off the rails in the show and it's off the rails like in the show too like i feel like all of these characters like all these people rather like jane lynch and matthew morrison and leah and all these people are just like what the fuck but they you know they went they went for it okay like they convinced me thinking that this was all as normal as glee was ever going to be for a while <laughs> so yeah. yeah they're gonna go out and perform uh Uptown Funk. We got Jane, Roderick, and Spencer stalling for as long as they can for Myron. So much of season six music just tells you exactly what year this season came out in. Like, Mm-hmm. A lot of, like in this episode, uh, thinking back to like so many songs they've done this season, like they're just hitting it out of the park with all the Ariana Grande. We got some Uptown Funk in here. Like they are really just catering in this final season. They're like, please just buy our music before we have no no last opportunity for you to buy it. Like Uptown a, Funk, come on. It's a crowd pleaser though. Those uh those old I saw them old grandmas up in there getting it down to some Bruno Mars. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, in in this exact year, absolutely, Uptown Funk is a crowd pleaser. Uh, all of us, like, don't a which single one person is out here better? To deny Uptown Funk or Twenty Four Karat Magic? Oh, just like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to right like right now, I would say Twenty Four Karat Magic. I think too. Yeah, but I agree. At the time, how could anyone go wrong with Uptown Funk? Because they so, came like, out again, pretty close to one another. I think like this came out twenty fifteen, and then. 20 Fairy Carrot Magic that came out like the year afterwards. Um, I was like, these songs are so similar, but yeah. Bruno Mars yeah. is like in his bag around but this time. At the very least, we get like some Jane, Spencer, Roderick vocals on this, and all three of them sound mm-hmm. good. Um, I mean, maybe I'll slide Spencer to the side a little bit because Roderick and Jane especially sounded really, really, really good. So uh, did, I'm glad yeah. we at least had this for that. Too hot. Hot damn. Also, like, take a look at the crowd. Like, how is this? How is this the McKinley Auditorium? Like, where are all the seats? Like, where all of those? Yeah, I was are? wondering like, that too. There are, there are chairs there. Like, that's where. Like, there are seating there. They just must have like covered up all of the chairs with some kind of like structure and then put tables out there. Like, of course, you know the budget doesn't exist because this is like the rich kid, the superintendent's kid. But like the way that they transformed this whole room, like you don't even think that you're in the McKinley Auditorium anymore. It feels like we're at some kind of venue. Yeah, I was wondering that too. It looked very like it was like, how did they do all of this? But movie magic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, over in one of the dance studios, they're all running over the steps, the backup dancers. Um, and Sue is just gonna tap out, and Will is gonna ask him like, "Oh wait, hold up, Sue, where are you going? Come on, like, don't give up, hang in there." Um, like they always say, you gotta fake it till you make it. Sue is like William, in the name of all that is sacred. For once in your life, just stop talking. I don't care about heel steps or point turns or old-timey sayings found on grandma sweatshirts. And why are you even still here? You don't even work at this school. Uh, Mr. Shu is like, you asked me to help. Uh, and Rachel's like, oh, excuse me, you asked all of us. She's like, shut up, Dreidel. This is between but Not Dreidel. Dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you the Pied Piper of lost causes, huh? And why on earth do these idiots think so highly of you when you've done absolutely nothing for their lives except make it worse? I secured you a dream job at Vocal Adrenaline, one of the best show choirs in America, and within minutes you screwed that up, and now you're back skulking the hallways with your aw shucks, reach for the stars attitude, and it will not stand. Susie Q, may I call you Susie Q? May not! The superintendent got you into this, not me. So why aren't you going after him? Oh, that's right. You still have a little crush on old Bob, don't you? You're thinking if you play your cards right, you might get a date with a guy who once mistook you for a man. Ah, that's really sad, Susie Q. Even for you. How dare you? Oh, and by the way, (laughs) I hope you're enjoying my Axe body spray. It's a new scent called This Woman Standing Next to Me Is Clearly Losing Her Mind. Sam is going to break them up. He's going to try and guide Sue away from Mr. Shu. You know, even suggesting maybe a little Xanax to calm things down. But no. <laughs> no, Sue no, no. Sue is going to take the, uh, the opportunity to Let's run back get into physical, Sue. physical. And jump on top of him, bringing him down to the ground. Uh, Superintendent Harris comes in and is like, uh, something wrong? They're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're just rehearsing. It's like, all right, well. See you out on stage. It's showtime. He leaves. And they continue tussling around. Now, weren't we just asking only a couple of episodes ago how Sue has never taken it to this point before? Like, how she has never resorted to physical violence in itself? Like, 
that I think I'm pretty sure came up on a recent podcast. Uh, but she finally did. We I don't know if we manifested it or what, but uh, yes, she jumps on top of that man. And again, let me once again point out the obvious sexual chemistry. There's no denying it. And this isn't some kind of like Faberry thing that, you know, you can protect. Like, I think you're at least on board with this one uh, in a small way. It's it's there. It's there. It's always been there. It always will be there. And she jumps Will Schuster uh, as he is sweating from this dance rehearsal. It's like, Sue, come on. Just like he's married. <laughs> I don't think it's as strong as maybe you think it is, but I, I yeah, there's a little thumb some. Yeah. I think it's mostly hatred though. Like she's just, she just has a lot of hatred in her heart. That's just who she is. Okay. She does. And a lot, she, she would finally... hate F him all night long. <laughs> maybe. Um, okay. See Alistair in the choir room practicing his ukulele. Why he's there. I don't fucking know. I mean, he's going to admit that Roderick told him that uh, Spencer's going to be performing at this bar mitzvah tonight and you don't want to miss it. But, like, I feel like it's not Roderick's prerogative to be able to invite a stranger to some 13-year-old's bar mitzvah. So the fact that he's there kind of just, like, it's just fucking weird, okay? I'm just going to call it. Yeah, I was very confused about that. I was like, why Why is he here? Yeah, it's just, it's weird. Um, But, I mean, he does, like, he tells Spencer, like, look, like, Roderick told me how you stuck up for him. That's pretty cool. I'm sorry for ignoring you. I guess I just got the the, the wrong impression of you. Um, Spencer's going to suggest that he, you know, for them to spend some time together, maybe they, maybe he should consider joining Glee, Glee Club. And Alice was like, well, I don't know. Do you think I'm really that much of a loser? Uh, Spencer says, I'm going to say yes. Uh, and Alice is like, well, then you're going to have to work on your pitch if you really goes in for the kiss. And he sold. So I guess Alistair's in Glee Club now because Spencer has magical lips. He's a bad guy. Duh. (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that Alistair's out here like, you know, he's admitting. He's like, yeah, he's like, I I had a feeling underneath all that macho snark that you're a sweet guy. And, you know, on the outside, you're you're smoking hot. I mean, I'm not blind. You're like ridiculously hot. Um so, yeah, uh, no surprise to see that this ended up working out. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I ship these two. I don't know that I care an ounce about these two. I don't. I'm happy that they're happy. I'll tell you that. I'm happy that they are happy. Um, but. I don't give not one flying shit, but fine. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. I think uh, Spencer and Mason is probably the true pairing that we're going for here. Spencer and Mason? Get the fuck out of here. That just pissed me off. Uh, or, or Madison and Jane. Anyway, back on the stage. <laughs> Finally time for Myron's performance. Um, it is Ariana Grande and Zed's Break Free, baby. Rachel's going to start the performance. This is the one that uh, all the other people are in. Uh, Coach Beast is here. Sue is here. Mr. Shoe is here. Sam is here. It's almost like a full team for the New Directions if it wasn't like a bunch mm-hmm. of faculty members and alumni. But yeah, uh, Mason, or excuse me, oh, so many M's. Myron is going to come down from his pod and join in on the performance. They're all wearing these sparkly blue outfits and Coach Beast gets a little bit of a solo. She takes, or he, excuse me, he takes the uh, beginning of the second verse. Um, we don't really get a lot of Mason here. Oh my God, we don't get a lot of Myron here. More, I, I was expecting more Myron for this to be like his, you know, his number, but 
whatever. If, if I if I'm gonna settle between lose my breath and this song, I'm glad that lose my breath exists. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it the the crowd is quite pleased. You got glitter falling from the sky and everything, and Myra feels it. Yeah, uh, Madison and Mason was already enough of the M's for me, and then we add in Myron. Like, geez, yeah, that's that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like I love the scene before this song gets started of Will and Sue talking, and uh, you know the the feud is continuing from when they just had jumped each other before, and uh, Will is like threatening her. He says that he's gonna trip her when they get on stage. Uh, he's like, "You're gonna fall on your butt in front of a bunch of thirteen year olds," and she's like, "You wouldn't dare." He says, "Wouldn't I?" And then the way that they enter the stage is like just staring each other down, waiting for Will to potentially trip her. Uh, and I don't know how Sue would react, but like Will doesn't resort to this kind of like like Sue gameplay that sue uses like he always just kind of sits there and he like like gives her an angry look after she says what she says but like in this episode he's like legitimately like threatening to like fight back uh, and throughout this entire uh song besides the fact that like there's like 100 people on the stage dancing with like the new directions rachel sam all the teachers uh, i'm just like watching to see when sue's gonna get tripped on her face mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean uh this is uh, you know it's this is the kind of thing that I, I look at this performance and I'm like, yes, I remember that happened. And that's about all that I can give as far as, uh, you know, conversation about the song goes like, no, I'm not going to play this song back in the car and play the Glee cover of Break Free. But this is like a moment. I actually want to hear the rest of this song because I don't think I've heard the full um, the, the full album version because apparently coach beast gets a few more uh solo lines in there so i would love to hear him sing a little bit more um also who knew that leah michelle had some whistle tones like when the little uh that little part at the beginning of the second chorus or the last chorus or whatever i was like who the hell is that i was like is ariana grande on set i did not know that uh leah michelle had a whistle register that's insane she never uses it that's I was like, Auto Tune is her friend. I'm sure I, it it could be. Um, no it, way it, is that her. It sounded natural. I mean, I mean, Leah Michelle is a talented singer, and you know, some people don't like using the whistle register a lot of the time because unless you you know really study how to use it, it can be very damaging to your voice. That's why I mean, you don't really hear uh, Mariah Carey doing it that much anymore because she can't because she spent decades abusing it, and I hope that Ariana does yeah. not do that to herself. Um, so if she does have a because who's another person has a witch register we don't know oh fucking um from Paramore P- Paramore Haley Williams I did Haley not Williams. know this about yes I did not know this about her and I was uh, looking at some like singing compilations on YouTube and that girl has a full blown whistle register I was like are you kidding me how come you never use that shit it's like and she's got like a bit of a deeper voice too so I was just like shocked by that but okay go ahead Leah go ahead go ahead. Um, <laughs> well, like I said, overall, this is, uh, th- like, like I said, this is more of like a moment than a, uh, top Glee song that they've ever done. It's really fun though, to have all of these different characters on stage together. Uh, and I think everybody looks good. All I like the, the blue sparkly outfits. They all look, uh, l- like a fun team. <laughs> How many people are here? Is this finally 12 people? <laughs> but a bunch have of we hit 12? We have to use them. I think so. five plus six plus Myron. Yeah, that's 12. Of course it is. The irony in that. But yeah, they pull it off without a hitch. Great performance. Everybody's happy. Myron's happy. Yay. Yay, 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 yay. Yay, bar mitzvah. Yay, being Jewish. Yay. <laughs> the next day at school, uh, Roderick is going to come to Spencer and let him know that he's been working out more. He's been eating healthier. And he just wants to thank him for, you know, 
having his back and really challenging him. And yeah, maybe Spencer wasn't going about it the right way in the beginning, but like the 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 intention was there. And so he thanks him for that. Uh, and Spencer lets him know that he has to go. And he's like, oh, I heard that you're uh, dating uh, Allison. Uh, Allison. Alistair now. Um, he's like, yeah, we're finally going out. I, I really feel like he likes me. And I really like him. And I don't I don't want to mess it up. Um, and Roger is like, yeah, I hope that you don't either. <laughs> Over in the side office, in the choir room, Sue joins Mr. Shu and Rachel with Myron. He, uh, Rachel's like, oh, so if you came here to thank you for throwing you the greatest bar mitzvah in the world, a note would have been sufficient. Um, but Sue's like, actually, you know what? Here, okay, so these these words are like poison on my tongue. Myron Muscovitz is the newest student here at McKinley High. He would like to join the Glee Club. <laughs> uh, he says, you're not my mother. You don't have to speak for me. Give me my inhaler. He takes a big-ass puff of albuterol and he kicks her in the shin, runs into the choir room, Rachel, of course, falls after him as he's banging on the piano. <laughs> Mr. Shu is like, okay, hold up. How, how, how was this even possible? Myron is 13 years old. Um, Sue is like, that's a very solid point that I think I'd rather convincingly made to Superintendent, uh, but Superintendent Harris, he chose to ignore it because he strong-armed Myron's middle school principal into submitting a petition to the school board stating that Myron is so prodigiously talented that the junior high environment was no longer suited to him. Wait, so you're saying that the Glee Club just got a brand new, highly talented singer uh, who happens to be a member of the superintendent's family? Damn, Sue, that's gotta burn. She says, it is my Dunkirk, William. But it is just the first battle of the great war to end all wars. And in the words of a former vice presidential candidate and my personal Lamaze coach, I do not retreat. I reload. <laughs> you going to jump on me again, Sue? I just might. And then again, I might not. <laughs> I had a plan. Make this school the best in the state. Cement my reputation as the greatest educator since Mayo. And then ride off into the sunset on the back of their last remaining black rhinos on the planet. Instead, well, I find myself racked back where I began with a singular unwavering mission. I thought I had uh, re uh, decapitated that glee club. Lanced it like a genital wart. But it has emerged once again from its feculent roots. And let me just tell you. <laughs> she pushes a student. She steals somebody's glasses, takes a phone, slams it down, and then she straight up slaps this girl in the face. <laughs> Why did she slap her like that? I just... Because she's Sue. <laughs> you okay? Oh, man. You don't understand. Like, I rewound that part so many times. But really, it's the pause for me. It's the pause. Like This is like... Going back to the days where uh, Sue didn't she like hit a woman she back on the stage? The woman of... at the, did she punch the guest judge at the sectionals or whatever performance that was back in season two? And then she's it's just it's just go back and watch it. It's the pause for me. It's like she just gets done pushing this this kid into the locker, and then she stands, like, scans the hall for her next victim. Sees the girl and the wind up. I'm just like, oh my god, this woman needs to be stopped. It's, it's, oh, I have never laughed so hard. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? She is insane. Anyway, she goes back to her hurt locker. <laughs> we thought it was over, apparently not. 
And so here we are. I will spend the last few weeks of my professional life fulfilling what I know now is my destiny. This may kill me in the end. I may not survive one last charge unto the breach, dear friends, but I swear to you, oh, pretend people that I'm speaking to in my head and are very impressed with me, I will be the last man standing, as the great Khan once said to James T. Kirk from Hell's Heart, I stab at thee, William. They can bury me in this hurt locker if they want to, but you and your entire glee club are going to be buried in here with me. <laughs> so I say bury like that. Bury. Bury. It's B U R not B A R. Buried. Not buried. Oh, well, it's buried. 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 Is that a different word? No. That's just the correct pronunciation. So like the correct pronunciation, like when you bury someone in the ground? No, it's bury. So you you, you don't say bury? That's how you're supposed to say it. That's you're, not how you're supposed to say it. It's buried. It's, you bury them. It's like a, it's like an extension of the word burrow, Matt. Like when you burrow into something, you bury them in the ground. Buried, not buried. Buried. I wonder if this is a New York thing because <laughs> I've never in my life no, heard someone that, say it's buried. Not a New York thing. It's not a New York thing. A lot of people pronounce it that way. Well, in 26 years of life, I've never heard buried in a, a genuine way. No. That's how it's supposed to be said. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right, if you say so, I guess you're the uh, you're the boss. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a, like a grammar Nazi or anything. Like if somebody says buried, like I don't correct them, but I just I don't say buried, I say buried. Like I can, I can agree that it's it's spelled the way that you're saying it, but never heard anyone say buried. Well. <laughs> Either way, um glad we're getting the hurt locker back in here before we close the season out. Uh they put so much work into, you know, putting the hurt locker together in the first place. So, makes sense that they were going to get a last use of it. Where well, maybe not even the last. I don't remember if it comes back in the next episode or the next one or after that. I I wouldn't be surprised, but either way, uh happy to see it back here as she takes all these pictures of the new directions of the new kids all make their way up to the board. Uh, Finn, uh, not Finn. Oh, uh, how'd I get there? Uh, Rachel and will. And um, uh, was there another one that uh, Sam, maybe that, that she starts like poking into their eyeballs and like sticking pins in their necks. I was like, Ooh, this is actually kind of, mm -hmm. kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, so she's going to make her way back in there. Uh, and just to, to wind back uh, to, to scroll back up a little bit. Uh, Myron making it into the Glee Club at 13 years old. I just, again, I get it. It's season six. We're at the end. We're just kind of doing things at this point. But I'm like putting myself back in like season like two or three, just imagining if this happened. Like, I guess the closest thing that you can compare this to is like Sugar, because Sugar should not have been in the Glee Club because she couldn't sing. Myron, of course, can sing and is very talented, but he's 13 years old and shouldn't be in the high school. Um, I don't know. So I'm just, uh, we'll roll with it. <laughs> We're not going to be here for very long. Uh, to watch this all play out but i'm just imagining like a full season of myron like being involved in the high school and how this 13 year old boy would be around all of the drama and everything that goes on within the new directions like just like like just all of like the like teenage things that happen in there like this boy is too young to be around them but again it's fine it's I quick mean, not really because i mean you're a freshman at 14 years of age for high school so He's probably in eighth grade right now. It's not entirely unheard of of eighth grade students that might be advanced to take some high school classes. I, I, I feel I like at that point in your that. life, every year is so precious to, uh, to you know, in terms of like development and growth and whatnot. And I think that one year might matter uh, in terms of the way that the New Directions uh, go about their business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite the turn of events. But, um, 
Marmon's going to tell Kitty later on in the hall, you know, junior high is small potatoes. I can see that now as he steps down from a step stool <laughs> to even reach the locker. But I'll never forget you lending me your panties after I slid myself in that pod here. Pants are $100. <laughs> like, you deserve it. Kitty says, I don't even care if this is some weird blood diamond money. I do deserve it. He says, stick with me, sweetheart, and I'll make sure you never go hungry. How about a little sugar? Hands her another $100 bill. Uh, she says, uh, that's a hard no on the kiss, but keep the cash coming and you'll always have a friend in Glee Club. And trust me, kid, you're going to need one. We're going to see Mason trying to <laughs> grab her ass and she swats his hand away. So Mason is here and, you know, he's just single and ready to mingle, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Shu and Rachel are having a conversation in the side office. Uh, Rachel thinks that the new directions luck has officially changed. She can feel it. Now that with Alistair and Myron in the club, we have eight members, which means we're more than halfway there. Mr. Shu says, every year there's going to be new kids in there. Some kids that will disappear. Some kids that touch your life more than ever. You just have to do your best and hope to make a difference. Uh, she assures him that he made a difference with her, and he assures her the same. He says, I'm serious, Rachel. Sometimes I can't help but look at you the way I did when I first met you. But you've evolved into a very intelligent young woman, and so I'm so I'm so excited to be co-workers with you. Nothing makes me happier. She says, "Me too." They hug, and they get to work. We're gonna see uh, new directions back in the auditorium this time with Alistair and Myron there, and they are performing Echo Smith's Cool Kids. Nine episodes into the season before we got a new directions closing number. Man, I know. I know. The first actual closing number for these new kids. Um, and, you know, the way that you can tell, of course, is by the fact that they all end up in matching shirts, which is, you know, you, you got to do that these days. So the green shirts uh, makes this performance like that. That helps me like visualize this performance at all times. Um, this is a cute cover. It's 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 good. Um, they, of course, are gelling all together. This team now of uh, what is it? Nine, eight members. Yeah, I think it's eight members now with the addition of Alistair and Myron. Um, Becca Tobin. Kitty, her adorable little, like, when she's in the middle of that circle and uh, she gets the solo, like, I live for that part. It's just so freaking cute. She's just like, I wish that I could be like the cool kids, like the cool kids. And she's, like, dancing, like, in the middle of all of them. And I don't know why. I just love that so much. It Like, I'm like, I'm like, Kitty is such a good sport. Like, she lost all of her friends from last, uh, last go around. All of these kids. I think Roderick is a senior. I don't know what the age, besides my room, I don't know what the age is on everybody else, like, Spencer and um, and the twins. I don't know if they're all younger, but like I don't know. I just feel like she's like you know really like her passion she's for the being. Oldest, yeah, she's a senior. The rest of them, I think, are probably like junior sophomores. Yeah. I don't think there's any freshmen. Rod- Roderick is a senior as well, but I don't know if anybody else is uh, as old as them. But point is, uh, you know, this is not her her group. Uh, these aren't her friends or people that she seems to enjoy being around in the same way as last time. But we saw, you know, just how she has that passion for being in the Glee Club that she was talking about earlier in the season. So I don't know. I'm just happy to see her like dancing around being happy with all the other kids. Uh, and, you know, she's probably just wanting to hang out with Rachel, considering uh, Kitty and Rachel have had such a, a strong bond in season six. But it is what it is. Um, and then when we close out this uh this song all i can help but look at i'm like so much for diversity right like uh <laughs> you see like the, the closing shot here it's like hi jane it's the and whitest everybody it's else been. yeah but i mean they gotta pull together as many people as they can right so 
Did you? But okay, I, a couple I, episodes ago, sorry, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how they fill out the new directions. Did you ever remember how they do? No. Well, I do now, but I don't know why I thought that it was well, 12 people. I, you see what I'm trying to say? Because I'm trying yeah, to say yeah. something without spoiling it. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. I, see what you're I thought that it was a full set of 12, but it ends up being something Different. else and I just yeah. forgot because I knew that that happened but I thought that that was like the last thing that happened I didn't know that that was like what you know flushes it out but gotcha. now I remember okay now, yeah I was that whole time I was like ah how do you not ah it's fine okay <laughs> I, I, I definitely remember now yeah 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 all right all right um good stuff here good good uh good episode yeah it was a lot of fun lots of craziness but a lot of fun all right let's get to our favorite part of the episode favorite songs Lose My Breath, Myron Muscovitz, Friday I'm In Love, Spencer, I Want To Break Free, Mason, Uptown Funk, New Directions, Break Free, Myron, Rachel, Sam, Coach Beast, Sue, Will, and The New Directions, Cool Kids, New Directions. There's a lot of good shit here. Uh, I mean, Lose My Breath for the spectacle of it all, oh, but then I want to break free because Mason... But then I love break break free as well. Uh, uh, mm, it's between lose my breath and I want to break free. I don't know what to do. It's fine. We have all night. I gotta give it to fuck. Am I gonna choose two again? Oh no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Um, lose my breath. <laughs> Damn. Because I love me some Mason, but I feel like I've given him so much praise. I feel like you guys know where my heart stands with him, but I can put that aside for now and not let my bias take over and give Mason his, or give Myron his just due because that was an incredible performance. Your, your <laughs> Beyonce bias took over your Billy Mad, uh, Billy Lewis <laughs> yeah, Jr. bias. Yeah, Beyonce always, she always wins in the end. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mason, so uh, this will be awkward when he listens to this podcast. Right, that and, makes me that makes me feel better. And sees where the loyalty is around here. Um, Lose My Breath is good as well. Um, Uptown Funk was, even though I'm like, oh, really, we had to do that song, like Jane and Roderick sounded good on it, and Spencer to an extent. Um, I also liked Break Free, but I, I'm not picking it as my favorite. And Cool Kids is also adorable, but uh, overall, Mason giving me that, like I said, Blaine-style performance of just dramatic, uh, great vocals and working the whole stage and the whole crowd uh that's gonna be my pick here so for sure all right slushy ratings it's a pretty uh, outlandish episode but i enjoyed it i laughed a lot i loved sue i loved myron um but it is it's it's a lot to swallow it really is um it's hard to accept myron becoming a new direction so I think just for like the level of disbelief that we we have to have, or it's just the 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 suspension of disbelief that we have to have for this episode, might be just a little too tall of an order for me. So I want to land on a two, uh, two star rating or two slushy rating for this one. Wow. Um, I was hovering around a two, and then I kind of pulled myself back to a one, but. The more we talked about it, I ended up right in the middle. So uh, the rare occasion here of me giving a better rating than you, um, I'm only going to give it one and a half slushies. I think it's uh, not something that I, not an episode that I'm likely to return to very often, um, if often at all. But I think you know they it was another one of those episodes where they just went for it, uh, tried to have fun with you know very low stakes at hand. 
And uh, they ended up pulling out a product that was uh, highly enjoyable by having all the new kids around. Uh, music was pretty good all around. So, yeah, I will uh, land that just one and a little extra half slushy on uh, on top of it. And who that, that half slushy, I'll throw it directly on dispenser. All right. Gold star. I mean, it's really between. I mean, you know, Mr. Shu and Sue uh, made a bid here for a gold star because their feud in this episode was hilarious. But there's also Mason and there's Myron. I'm going to give it to Mason. I like that he took initiative to be with Jane and he told his sister what she needed to hear. Uh, He had a fantastic performance and I like him. (laughs) So there we go. Go start at Mason. All right. Mason was definitely in my contender list, but there's no need for Mason to have yet another star. I think uh, one highlighting him here is good enough. So I'll look to some other characters. Um, Myron would have been a possibility, but that was a lot uh, to take in all at once. And uh, I I don't think I need to give Myron a gold star. I think we can all acknowledge that he was a a fun presence in this episode. So I'm down to uh, Madison or Roderick. Because I enjoyed Madison a lot in this episode. I really appreciated her for a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the scenes between her and Mason. But Roderick hasn't gotten a star just yet. And I don't know if he's going to if I don't give him one now. I mean, there's realistically two more episodes where I guess it could happen. But this does feel like it could be one of the last chances so I'll do it. I'll give Roderick the star. Uh, Madison's already gotten one. Uh, Matt gave him. Matt gave them uh, both of the McCarthy twins a star back in episode two. So let me get Roderick on the board here. Uh, he has a good episode by you know th- this guy takes a lot of shit right. Like he takes a lot, um, a lot of bullying comes his way, and he's pretty much like. He, he really stands strong through it all uh, as far from what we've seen. You know, we don't know deep into his personal life or anything like that, but he's a very good singer. Uh, he's been, you know, one of the vocal stars of this club all the way through uh, him climbing that rope while dangerous as hell. Look at him. He did it. He got all the way up there and, uh, you know, uh, proved to himself and to Spencer that he was able to do it. Uh, I don't know if it seems like he had a hand in pushing Spencer and Alistair together. So yeah, uh, feels like a good spot for Roderick to get a star. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. These new directions are getting a little shine. All right. Okay. I see you. I see you. But all right, that's going to wrap up this week's episode, or today's episode, not really week's episode, <laughs> today's episode of The Choir Room. Make sure that you're following us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I'm Adam on Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. Please leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? That's about it. Next episode is another. We're in for a wild ride coming up next. Uh, luckily, we don't have to do that one alone. We will have a guest coming back in to uh, to break that all down with us. So looking forward to the rise and fall oh. of Sue Sylvester. So we are in for, like I said, a wild ride. But until then. Slapping that student across the face has anything to do with her, with her fall. <laughs> I wonder. I wish I had some kind of like Jewish goodbye uh, I mean, I could just say Shalom, but like, I wish I had some kind of like uh, uh, something to prepare for the end of this episode. So I flopped on that, but um, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you later.